Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how to balance spring sports and Sunday worship. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about the challenges and the opportunities of the spring sports that are about to get started now that it's warming up here in Bloomington. And before you click next, because you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm a little too old to join team sports or you know, I don't have kids to put into team sports this spring, you know, hold off on pressing the skip button because this conflict between spring sports and Sunday worship illustrates a much deeper dilemma that we all face. You know, athletics they're exalted in our culture. They, they certainly have their merits, too. They offer a sense of camaraderie. They encourage us to take care of ourselves physically. They train us to work with others, respect authority, hopefully. And they clearly also create opportunities for colleges and scholarships and for some even jobs, maybe. And for kids who have big aspirations and parents who want to beef up that college application, sports are held up as the first and, and sometimes the only answer. And of course, we're not talking about getting your 30 minutes of exercise in a day. We're talking about this all-encompassing lifestyle that extracurricular teams become when everything revolves around practice and games, uh, etc. And it's not just about you know the personal benefits. There are good spiritual reasons to be connected with sports. You know, traveling, spending so much time with other families, that creates opportunities to share the gospel that might otherwise never be available. But for all these benefits, team sports also come with tremendous challenges. And it forces those considering it to go through a cost-benefit analysis that truly we all go through at some point, whether it's about sports, whether it's about a job, whether it's about volunteering, whether it's about whatever else. So what are the costs that we need to consider when committing ourselves to these sort of things? Well, first, there's, of course, the cost of money. And this is the easiest to see at first because when you commit yourself to sports, you sign up with money that comes out of your wallet that can't be spent somewhere else. And once those sports start requiring those frequent, almost year-round practices or trainings, the price tag adds up. And training and registration and travel and equipment, that all requires money. And while many families look at, at sports as a step towards a college scholarship, for many, the money it takes to stay involved in sports can quickly surpass any scholarships there are to be earned. You know, money is a clear cost that should be weighed, not just with sports, but with anything we're considering committing ourselves to. For Christians, I think there's a pretty good formula to calculate whether the cost, the monetary cost of something is worth it. Found in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says not to worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And we'll come back to that verse in a few minutes. But just focusing on our finances, what this means for us is that we should not put ourselves voluntarily in a position where we no longer think we can obey this command. We must give generously to the Lord. And anything that makes us feel like we can't do that anymore needs to be cut out. Again, we're using the illustration of sports, but this applies to anything that uses our money. If it's holding me back 
from giving as much as I feel I need to God and still be able not to worry that we can provide for ourselves and our families, then maybe it's not worth as much as we think it is. Second, in the cost-benefit analysis, we need to consider the cost of time. And this may take uh, a few days longer to recognize, but eventually it is as clear as day. Team sports can take a ton of time. Between school and sports, athletes end up working more hours than most of their parents with full-time jobs. And this isn't just not being able to make it to Sunday worship services or midweek Bible studies that we're talking about here. That's a huge deal that we'll talk about uh, later and too often we underestimate. But this is also about the time that's not spent with family or in personal prayer and Bible reading or, or anything else, really. Everything takes time. That's the nature of living in a finite world. And it may be okay if sports takes up some of your time or if a hobby takes up some of your time or if a job takes up some of your time. You get the picture, but there is always a cost. You may have heard of the economic broken window fallacy, a classic example of cost-benefit analysis. And the fallacy, it's modeled on the story about a man who owns a building. And one day, his neighbor comes and he breaks a window in that building, so the owner has to hire Glazier to replace it. That has obvious benefits. The window Glazier gets paid. But clearly, we understand that it's not very smart for a society to go around breaking windows. Why? Well, because you lose a window. And instead of buying food for his family from a farmer or a new car from a dealer or whatever else he might have had his heart set on, now the owner has to replace a window that he already had. The point is, anytime you say yes, you also say no. It may not be evident in what you're saying no to. Those costs are invisible, but they're there. Anytime we make a commitment, even if that commitment seems to have benefits, we should think long and hard and prayerfully about what that means we have to say no to. What are the costs and time? Third, we need to think about the cost of friends. You know, people create families on sports teams, and what a tremendous opportunity that is to share the good news with those people. You know, when we spend that much time, whether it's in athletics or a job or volunteering, we can create opportunities and openings that no one else has. We can meet people who would never step foot in a church building, and they can hear about Jesus from us. How exciting is that? We need to get out of what we can call our, our Christian bubble. I, I once did a, a study where I was meeting with someone who they were very concerned that they weren't living up to God's expectation for them to share the gospel with their friends and family. They knew they should have been doing it. So one of the things I like to do when I'm thinking about this is, is put someone in my mind, someone I want to talk to about Jesus Christ. And I asked them to do that. And they thought, and they thought, and they looked at me and said, you know, really, all my friends and family, they're already there. And we looked at each other and we realized that's the Christian bubble. When we are so surrounded by other believers that we can't, we don't, we're not around anyone that we can share the gospel with. That's an extreme that we need to avoid. But the alternative extreme where team sports can become that's something we need to avoid too. It can be a good thing to be around non-believers so you can share your faith. But when you're only around non-believers most of the time, they end up doing most of the sharing. You know, we need Christian friends. We need to spend time with those Christian friends. And we need to consider the cost of losing them. Fourth, 
we need to consider the eternal costs. There's no scripture that you'll find that says thou shall not play sports or thou shall not take an ambitious job or thou shall not do a lot of volunteering a week. You won't find those, but you will find a lot of talk about priorities. There has been many a sermon preached on people missing the worship service on Sunday morning, most often when people who they were directed at were absent. But this issue, it goes so much deeper than your attendance in Sunday school. You know, don't get me wrong, your absence has serious consequences over time. God established the church for an important reason, and we shouldn't neglect it. But if that is when we start talking about this, it's almost too late. You know, our faith, it was never supposed to be a weakened thing because it can't be that small. It has to be massive. It has to be everything. But it can't be everything if team sports or a job or a hobby or even your family is everything. Christ has to sit in the middle and everything else can flow around him, not the other way around. The faith of the Christians we're told about in the New Testament it was a lot of things, but it was not small. They were not of this world. They had a, a total paradigm shift. They still struggled to act on all the implications of that, but they were constantly reminded that the rest of the world is chasing after the things that are temporal, but they wanted to be after the eternal. That must be our priority. Sports or jobs or volunteering or whatever else it, ha it is can have real benefits, but we should keep it at the top of our mind that all of those benefits, they can only be temporary. They will fade away like everything else in life. So don't let them become your priority with your money, with your time, with your friends, and especially with your eternal fate. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday so you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.